Hello, I'm Patricia, and you are listening to the Poetry Pea podcast. It's a really cold and damp, miserable day here in Zurich as I'm sitting here recording this for you with a nice cup of hot tea, my own blend, rooibos, ginger, cranberry juice and honey. Lovely and warming. I hope wherever you are, you're nice and warm too. So it's the last podcast of the sixth series, and I think it's a real cracker of a podcast to be ending the series with. It's the poetry you wrote in answer to Janice Doppler's wonderful Zoka presentations. And Janice will be back as one of the judges for this topic, alongside Ravi Kiran and M.R. Diffenbohr. We had fun recording this for you. I really hope you enjoy it too. As I prepare for next season, there are going to be a few changes. If you're on the mailing list, I'll be telling you all about them. If you're not, you still have time to sign up on the website to get all the news from P Towers before anyone else. One plea, if you're out and about during the holidays and you see something you think would make a good video prompt, do take a video and send it to me. It needs to be around 20 seconds and filmed in landscape mode. I'd be terribly grateful. Now after Janice's presentation, Craig Kittner shared some writings of the monk Bankai with me. He felt it would also shed some light on the idea of Zoka. And I want to share it with you. If you'd like to read more, then seek him out. There'll be a little link in the show notes. So here's a little snippet from Bankai. A Zen monk, I believe. Well then, while you're all turned this way listening to me talk, you don't mistake the chirp of a sparrow out back for the caw of a crow, the sound of a gong for that of a drum, a man's voice for a woman's, an adult's voice for a child's. You clearly recognise and distinguish each sound you hear without making any mistake. That's the marvellously illuminating dynamic function. It's none other than the Buddha mind, unborn and marvellously illuminating. I doubt there's anyone among the people here now who'd say, I heard what I did because I was deliberately trying to hear it. If anyone says he did, he's a liar. Wondering, what Bankai telling us? All of you are turned this way, intent only on hearing what I'm saying. No one's deliberately trying to hear the various sounds coming from out back. That's why when all of a sudden these sounds appear and you recognise and distinguish them, hearing them without any mistake, you're hearing with the unborn Buddha mind. Nobody here can claim he heard these sounds because he made up his mind beforehand to listen for them. So in fact, you're listening with the unborn. And I think what all that means is we just need to tune in to the sounds we take for granted around us. As Janice said, Zoka's all around us. We just need to recognise it. Be aware. Thanks, Craig. So, my lovelies, off we trot to the poetry. There really are some great pieces for you today. And starting us off with the first of the nominations for the judge's choice is a voice you should know well by now. It's the lovely Ravi Karan, somewhat of a regular on the judging panel and himself a nominee for the judge's choice. Ravi, welcome back. And thank you for all the time you dedicate to the judging panel. I'm very grateful and I'm sure all our listeners are too. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fine, Patricia. It's so nice to be back and it's such a joy and such a pleasure doing these things. Thank you very much. It's always lovely to hear you and lovely to hear your analyses. And I'm sure, speaking of that, people would love to know which of the poems you've chosen today. I picked up one by Maya Daneva and uh, this is how it goes. Long before songs, the sound of the ocean. 
someone who is more inclined towards haiku and that towards pure nature haiku i found this issue of zoka very interesting it was tough picking up one so with great difficulty i picked up five before zeroing in on this one by mayadane i read it again long before songs the sound of the ocean now the reason why this haiku struck me was because of another japanese aesthetic honkadori or allusion to a famous haiku now this bears striking resemblance to the 2020 touchstone award winning haiku by anet makino long before language the s of the river now this haiku had also won the francine porad haiku award of the same year 2020 now i'm not sure if maya daneva is aware of this haiku by anet makino or not if she is then we would call it honkadori if not it would be deja vu as michael dillon welch calls it either way it's a beautiful haiku in its own right having mentioned honkadori here are a few famous honkadori haiku combinations this one by yosabu song on the temple bell fast asleep a butterfly and sometime after that shiki wrote this as a tribute to busan's haiku he knew this haiku so this is how masaoka shiki's honkadori haiku is on the temple bell the firefly gleams in our own day and time we have this very famous haiku by jack kerouac all day long wearing the hat that wasn't on my head and as a tribute to this we have this beauty by roberta biri all day long i feel its weight the unworn necklace in fact this haiku by roberta berry became even more famous than jack's haiku and roberta has a book titled the unworn necklace coming more to maya's haiku and now at first reading it is the horizontal axis that is striking we are taken to the origins of song or for that matter to the origins of music itself how did music start off and how did it evolve as someone who absolutely loves music this was a very interesting question something that i had never thought of before and the answer was equally delightful music has notes set to a rhythm the sound of waves too has a rhythm personally i love ocean sounds i have recently returned from a seaside family holiday my most satisfying time was having the beach all for myself after sunset when the crowds leave and listening to the sound of waves in fact after some time the security guard had to come over and remind me that it was beach closing time i reluctantly left only to repeat the same thing the very next day on a vertical axis this haiku reminds us that like ocean sounds there can be many other things all around us which we take for granted but which can be sources of pure joy and for free what we need is what haiku masters have called the beginner's mind or mindfulness i will remember and cherish this haiku by maida neva for a long long time thank you thank you ravi now in an, in case anyone was wondering ravi and i did not communicate before he wrote this analysis of maya's poem but i'm very grateful to him for independently covering something i've been looking at on the podcast in the last few weeks and perhaps inspiring you afresh for january's topic if you haven't got a clue what i'm talking about you're not on the mailing list nor have you listened to episodes 41 to 43 of the podcast you'll need to have a listen to them so you know what we're up to in january but back to the zoka element of this poem now ravi i was thinking about the action of the waves I've got a favorite beach sounds like you do too and the waves on this particular beach uh it's in the Mediterranean have a really, really strong undercurrent and when I was mulling this haiku of Maya's over it struck me that she has guided us to really think about the sound of the waves which puts me in mind of the yin and yang the positive negative elements of of following the creator if you like the idea of zoka and i wonder if that struck you too my uh, take was a little different in fact i like listening to the sound of the waves after sunset which means i can't see anything okay. all that is left is just the sound 
and that is is so meditative and so soothing. So that that's uh, my take. Yeah, that's uh, thinking about that too, Ravi. There is either a haiku in that that is yet to be written, something about um, the sound of the ray, the waves in the middle of the night. There's got to be there's, there's something there. If you ever find one, or if you ever write it, you must let me know uh, because that that one would be great. And I wondered, Janice, did you have any thoughts on this particular haiku and the the idea of zoka in it? I have thought a lot about the sound of waves. And one of the things that I realized a while back is that the sound of waves, sometimes it's it's the sound of, of water hitting rocks, at least where I live, it's in New England. On, um, it's the sound of water hitting rocks, but often it's the sound of water hitting water. When I realized that, I, that was just really mind blowing. So, so I, I think paying attention to the sound of waves is is one way of of paying attention to Zoka. It's just letting letting ourselves be immersed in everything that's going on around us. And sound is one of those things. And the ocean's prob- a great place to listen. Well, thank you, Ravi. Now, do you think you could read the poem that you wrote for this topic? But before you do, perhaps I should remind listeners that the work of the judges is not eligible for nomination, sadly. So over to you, Ravi. We'd love to hear your work too. The one that I wrote, uh, thank you for accepting that, is this one. Arctic beach, the whiteness of a whale bone. Arctic beach the whiteness of a whale bone. Thank you. Thank you, Ravi. Autumn nightfall. The moon rises from leaf to leaf. Autumn nightfall. The moon rises from leaf to leaf. Alvin B. Cruz. Night Mysteries. A spider's web entangles stars. Night mysteries. A spider's web entangles stars. Amita Paul. Crimson smiles. A northern cardinal punctuates the snowscape. Crimson smiles. A northern cardinal punctuates the snowscape. Andy Perrin Above the swell of a forest's new leaves Spindrift of birdsong Above the swell of a forest's new leaves Spindrift of birdsong Annie Wilson Errant rock, an eddy backflows into itself. Errant rock, an eddy backflows into itself. Anya. Dancing through the cemetery, clouds of yew pollen. Dancing through the cemetery, Clouds of yew pollen. Ben Oliver. Small hours of dusk. Mountain ridge fading below autumn moon. Small hours of dusk. Mountain ridge fading below autumn moon. B.L. Bruce. Shortest day, the silhouette of a dream catcher. Shortest day, the silhouette of a dream catcher. Brendan Duffin. Crescent moon, floating on the lily pond, now and then frogs croak. Crescent moon, floating on the lily pond, now and then, frogs croak.
Carl Bachmann Indian summer, sunflowers taller than my children. Indian summer, sunflowers taller than my children. Carol Judkins Frozen pond, ripples return with warm breezes. Frozen pond, ripples return with warm breezes. Charles Lawler Sunrise, the catkins tremble with goldfinch. Sunrise, the catkins tremble with goldfinch. Christopher Jupp Changing into an orange robe Japanese cherry tree Changing into an orange robe Japanese cherry tree Colette Kern An air of autumn on the last day of summer, green acorns in the rain. An air of autumn. On the last day of summer, green acorns in the rain. Craig Kittner. A raindrop. A long journey to the ocean. A raindrop. A long journey to the ocean. Christina Pavero. Single poppy, dormant for decades. Flower garden. Single poppy, dormant for decades. Flower garden. CX Turner. And so it was in my garden, actually. No sign of poppies for about 15 years. Then a few summers with poppies. And they've gone again. Keep your fingers crossed for next year. Cooling lava. The blackness broken by fresh green ferns. Cooling lava. The blackness broken by fresh green ferns. Cynthia Anderson After the battle, the maples continue turning colour. After the battle, the maples continue turning colour. David Oates Third quarter moon the rogue wave cascades light. Third quarter moon. The rogue wave cascades light. Doris Lynch. After the plough, red kites fighting over earthworms. After the plough, red kites fighting over earthworms. Deborah Carl Brandt. And now I'd like to say some thank yous. Obviously to all of you for sending in your submissions and joining me today. To the editing team who helped me put this together. And to all of you who bought me a coffee. Or rather, bought the podcast a coffee. I'm very grateful to all of you. You know... When we talk of coffees, I don't actually drink them. I spend the money on bits and bobs for the podcast. Websites, domain names, books, all sorts of things. So I want to say thank you to my coffee stars for November. Gold stars to Linda Ludwig, Pedestal and Pen. Sorry, I don't know who you are, but I'm exceedingly grateful for your generosity. Colette Kern, Susan Andrews, Tony Williams, 
Ron Craig, Kimberly Kucher, Peter, again, sorry Peter, I don't know who you are, but thank you, and Mark Forrester. And of course there were those of you who bought the first journal of the year. I thank you to you too, and to all the anonymous donations, because there were people that I really, really couldn't figure out who you were. And when we're talking of the journal, just to let you know, it's with Richard Tice at the moment. He's doing the proofreading, so the latest one should be out soon. If you're on the mailing list, you'll find out first. Have I mentioned that already once or twice? Anyway, if you'd like to be a coffee star in December, you still have time. Don't not be a star. Let your light shine. Thank you. And so, on with the poetry. In the still of a winter walk, butterfly. In the still of a winter walk, butterfly. Ivanka Ettinger. The right angle to set the acer on fire, slanting autumn sun. The right angle to set the acer on fire, slanting autumn sun. Jenny Shepherd. Cicada Song, the last day of September, flaming out. Cicada Song, the last day of September, flaming out. Hege Anita Jakobsen Lepri. Last night's rain in the garbage can lid. Puddle of sparrows. Last night's rain in the garbage can lid. Puddle of sparrows. Joe Balistreri. Construction workers clearing primeval forest. A line of wood ants. Construction workers clearing primeval forest. A line of wood ants. John Hawkhead. Creek rapids. The broken tree limbs teeter together. Creek rapids. The broken tree limbs teeter together. John S. Green. Power line shadows through melting snow, clumps of brown grass. Power line shadows through melting snow, clumps of brown grass. Joshua Gage. Right before the sky turns dark, Brewer's Blackbird. Right before the sky turns dark, Brewer's Blackbird. Joshua Sinclair. Meteor shower. A young deer rubs his antler on an almond tree. Meteor shower. A young deer rubs his antler on an almond tree. Judith Hollos. Grey shadow on dry fields, ochre turns brown. Grey shadow on dry fields, ochre turns brown. Katvia Ratna. Rippling on the clear stream, the heron's stillness. Rippling on the clear stream, the Heron's Stillness Keith Evans A cricket still full of summer Autumn Walk A cricket still full of summer Autumn Walk Kim Clue 
Your eye opens the sunrise, Daisy. Your eye opens the sunrise, Daisy. Lev Hart. Whole fragrance of a late afternoon, wild thyme. Whole fragrance of a late afternoon, wild thyme. Lorraine A. Padden. New Year Path. One snowdrop lighting the other. New Year Path. One snowdrop lighting the other. Laurie Kiefer. Migrating birds left behind empty rice fields. Migrating birds left behind empty rice fields. Mark Brimble. Traffic noise. Catkins waft pollen on the air. Traffic noise. Catkins waft pollen on the air. Melissa Dennison. The rain barrel drying in the sun. A weary bee. The rain barrel drying in the sun. A weary bee. Mikhail Kales. Now I'd like to introduce you to a new voice on the podcast, although many of you will know Matthew Diffibau. But my first question, Matt, is have I pronounced your name right? Because whenever I record your work, it takes me quite a few goes to get it anywhere near what I think it should be. And sometimes I think if I were doing outtakes, the recording of your name would be perfect. Yeah, I don't want to disappoint you when I say what it really <laughs> sounds like, but it's just defa ball. Defa oh. ball. I like I like the bow though. It sounds kind of more. It's more exotic and more interesting there. De- so. Defa ball. I was going to correct it unless I was asked because I was like, because <laughs> so kind of a- I've heard defa bach, defa bog, defa bow. It's all yeah. Oh. The G is just a silent thing that people kind of want to say oh. too, but. Yeah. I I don't think I would ever have got there, Matt. To be quite honest That's with fine. you, <laughs> the English translate like to the English English might be different too. You know, quite so. quite well. Possibly things do get changed in the moving of of people from territory to territory. Yes. Um, so my next question is: Did you enjoy reading the submissions this time? Yeah, it was it was, it was kind of a challenge this time because going in. I wasn't really sure of my meaning of Zoka for my own personal definition. So I kind of had to explore that before I went into reading. Mm-hmm. After I was reading, I, was like, I, I could see a lot of uh, duality going on, a lot of old and new or something coming out of something else, the old, you know, the new coming out of the old, like the, with the volcanoes. And it was like a volcano poem I liked that almost chose as well, where the lava, a plant was coming out of the lava. Oh, yeah, I know so, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of looking at the duality of existence, old and new, light and dark. That was the kind of thing I focused on mm-hmm. with Zoka, or also just creation. So that okay. was kind of what guided me. But I enjoy the process a lot. I haven't done a lot of judging, so it's kind of nice to, you know, have oh. control of that in some way. <laughs> I, I hope it won't be the last time you come back. No, I'd like to do it again. I, think <laughs> I, yeah. I like a challenge like that, but. I didn't know we were doing the theme of uh, the hokey dory. I didn't know that was going on. If not, I might. Oh, no, a different write up. I don't know. Just no, no, no. It's great. Variety. Again, um, before you, um, well, perhaps we'll we'll talk about that afterwards because uh, I don't want to spoil your analysis on this one. So you didn't choose the volcano. Put no, us out of our misery. Which yeah. one did you choose? I chose uh, this poem by Daniela Miso. It's uh, clouds, the intermittent flow. Of an ancient fountain. Clouds, the intermittent flow of an ancient fountain. Thank you very much. Um, so tell us, tell us about this poem and, and your thoughts. Yeah, so I think it uh, really expresses an appreciation for the old and the new simultaneously because you have the ancient fountain and the clouds, which complement one another. Uh, the poem's imagery is what really made me really choose it because I can kind of see 
the ancient founding, you can see a scene with the clouds kind of, you know, going over top, just kind of filter the cloud filtered light, illuminating it. Uh, you know, the clouds constantly form and change shape, yet the process itself is as old as the planets. It mirrors the dynamics of the fountain and that the flow of water through it is constant and new, though the fountain itself may be ancient. The duality of old and new exists not only in the poem, but also within its parts. So that was kind of the Zoka mm -hmm. focused on this particular poem. The ellipsis at the end of the opening line encourages us to pause in appreciation and a contemplation of the image and could also indicate the nature of how the clouds dot the sky or how they move through the sky. There's like a pause when I'm looking up. No water is mentioned, but it can be implied primarily through the use of the word intermittent, whose hard T sounds could be compared to the sound of water trickling nearby. It's a relatively heavy word for IQ, but it adds some necessary sound. So when we think of the old and new and the sound of water, we first think of Basho's Old Pond, the poem we all know the most famous in IQ, which was uh, Old Pond, a frog jumps to the sound of water. But I rewrote it here to be a slightly different version. Uh, when it does, uh, for more of a comparison, frogs jumping into the sound of water, ancient pond, just kind of kind of phrased in the same way as the uh, Miso's poem. So like the movement of a cloud, a frog jumping through the air offers a silent visual, while the sound of water ultimately gives life to both poems. Though the pond is ancient, frogs keep jumping into it, the new coexisting again with the old. By default, Basho's masterpiece is one of the best representations of Zoka, while Miso's homage is also excellent. I don't know if she intended it to be that or not, but that's just how I interpret it. I'm sure Daniela won't mind. She, I'm sure right. she'll be she'll be happy that you've compared her her work with Basho. I mean, hopefully, yes. <laughs> and I was just thinking, if we think about a Basho poem, when I think about Zoka, I'm saying that's going to be the best kind of guidepost for that because. He's the most celebrated poet. So, absolutely. Do you know? I was thinking it's really interesting that both you and Ravi have chosen to nominate poems in which, at least to me, the sound of water, sound of water is yeah. yeah is there. I noticed um, that right away. I was like, oh, he went with that too. So that's... now, now we have to don't say anything. We'll have to find out if Janice has nominated another. Water. water must be very Zoka, I guess. <laughs> well, do you know what? Let's Is ask it... the oracle, Janice. Water, Zoka. How, what do you think? Is it like quintessential Zoka? I, th I think it is the quintessential Zoka. When I think of of how to, how to visualize Zoka, which of course you can't do, but but when I think of how to do it, I think of the movement of weather systems around the globe and there's there's constantly high and low movement between high and low pressure systems and water is in those high pressures or high and low pressure systems if it's the right pressure it ends up being a storm system and lots of water comes down on us yeah water's very important in zoka okay don't say any more we don't want to spoil the I won't. Uh, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to spill the beans. <laughs> People are going to have to wait. Uh, Ravi, any any thoughts from you on water and Zoka? I think it's very interesting. I'd be more specific to Daniela Miso's poem. In fact, uh, when I first uh, heard uh, Daniela Miso's poem, I, I was very curious to understand what is the allusion to which one. And when Matt said it is about uh, Basho's famous. This thing, I can now cl clearly see that. See, the word ancient or old is, is something that those are interchangeable. In fact, I've read of Basho's poem with the word ancient instead of old pond, yeah. ancient pond. And again, there is water in this. I like the visual imagery you know, of the fountain flowing right down from the sky and that to the flow being intermittent. I, I really like this imagery. That's great. And I should uh, point out, we d you did mention, Matt, at the beginning, Honkadori, and you were you didn't know I was going to be talking about it in the podcast, but okay. I'm really pleased you did talk about it. But both you and Ravi went not just Soka, but you went Honkadori too. Thank you very much. Now, on with some poetry. Motionless, green on green. The Praying Mantis Motionless, green on green, 
the praying mantis. Mimi Ahern Monsoon's end. The clouds fold and unfold themselves. Monsoon's end. The clouds fold and unfold themselves. Minal Sarosh Vernal River A treetop with a nest rushing to the falls. Vernal River A treetop with a nest rushing to the falls. Natalia Kuznetsova Streak of lightning a white shell gleams still whiter. Streak of lightning, a white shell gleams still whiter. Nina Singh Fly casting after the storm, a rainbow. Fly casting after the storm, a rainbow. Richard Bailey Garden Park. A black spider repels the day moon. Garden Park. A black spider repels the day moon. Richard L. Matter. Marsh Shallows. A shadow follows its minnow. Marsh Shallows. A shadow follows its minnow. Richard Tice Lots of O sounds there. Shallow. Follow. Shadow. Minnow. Makes for a very interesting poem. Thank you, Richard. Dry season rain. Pink galahs in red desert. Flocking to puddles. Dry season rain. Pink galahs in red desert. Flocking to puddles. Rob McKinnon. First star. Night opens a seed. First star. Night opens a seed. Robert Whitmer Summer lingering the spider's carcass Summer lingering the spider's carcass Rowan Beckett A long journey to a beginning Fallen leaves A long journey to a beginning Fallen Leaves Shizuku Tsukino Chickadee Song Each note exhaled in tiny clouds Chickadee Song Each note exhaled in tiny clouds Ruth Happel Falling snow, blood-streaked feathers drift to the ground. Falling snow, blood-streaked feathers drift to the ground. Susan Andrews Who said haiku had to be full of pleasant images, eh, Susan? Thank you. Red autumn, birdshot scattered through the fallen leaves. Red autumn, birdshot scattered through the fallen leaves. Terry L. French Plucked from the air by a robin, autumn's last butterfly. Plucked from the air by a robin, Autumn's Last Butterfly Tony Williams
sudden storm. Even the slugs seek shelter in a lost umbrella. Sudden storm. Even the slugs seek shelter in a lost umbrella. Tracy Davidson. Thickening mist. A dim black line of cattle heading home. Thickening mist. A dim black line of cattle heading home. Vandana Parashar. Road trip. A snail's tour of the garden. Road trip. A snail's tour of the garden. Linda Ludwig. And I wonder, is this another example of Honkadori? Issa's snail, perhaps. This time, not climbing Mount Fuji, but touring round Linda's garden. To end the original poetry on today's podcast, let's hear from Janice Doppler, who of course brought us two fascinating podcasts on the topic of Zoka, which I think will probably be revisiting. Janice, welcome back. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. It's great that you're here, but I always worry when one of our experts return to judge how you find the decisions of the editing team. So, Janice, sort of squinting at you and hoping you're going to say something nice. How did how did you find the um, submissions? <laughs> the submissions? Um, they were they. I was really impressed by the submissions. Thank you. I, I had I had a really hard time picking. Because the very, the very, very first one that I read, I thought this is going to be the one that I pick. And then the second one that I, and then the second one, you know, I read some, and then the second one that I pick, I thought, oh no, this is, this is going to push out that one that I liked so much. And it happened a third time. And then I thought, well, I guess there's going to, I'm just going to have to have a, a list of a bunch of them and I, and, and, and then pick. And so it it ended up with me having a list of several poems that I really liked and any of them I could have been picked. And so I had to keep eliminating ones that I had that I really liked. And it was really, really hard to throw out ones that I really, really liked. Like the the one the one about the the lava and the mm-hmm. and the um, green growing from the lava. Oh gosh, it was so hard to throw that one out. But that's what you have to do is throw them out until you get to the one. Absolutely. We need to know now which one was the one and da 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 did it include water, Janice. Did I wait and have a long pregnant pause before I say? <laughs> you should really, I think. <laughs> well, Yes, I did choose one about water. The one I chose is Monsoon Rain on the Hillock, a Waterfall. Monsoon Rain on the Hillock, a Waterfall. And that's by Govin Joshi. Why was this the one? Well, for me... This one communicates the transformative power in Zoka in just just a few words. Thinking of it line by line, the first line, monsoon rain, took me to the monsoons of India and Southeast Asia. And there are the, the seasonal changes in the direction of the prevailing winds. And based on what I said before, it's the winds that drive those weather systems around the world that are that are interacting in this particular poem it's that it's raining implies that it's summer rather than the dryness that's typical of the winter monsoon so just in those two two little words there there was a lot of power in zoka and then the pause at the end of the first line gave me space to imagine torrential rain beating down on rooftops and 
pouring through streets and fields and maybe overflowing stream banks. And then the shorter pause pause at the end of the second line on the hillock, the pause there, let me focus on one specific hillock before the surprise of a waterfall in the last line. And then it's even more of a surprise because the waterfall is minuscule rather than the the grandeur, sense of grandeur that we usually associate with waterfalls. So for me, this haiku starts by zooming out to regional patterns of wind and rain and then zooms in on one small hillock being impacted by the enormous power of Zoka. And so when thinking of Zoka in terms of of this, in the context of this poem, Zoka brings things into being. They exist for a while and then they return to, to the source. So in this one, I thought about what might be washed away by the torrent. You know, so it's it's returning, what's returning to the source. And would the hillock itself be eroded by the rushing water and be returned to the source? And what seeds might be transported to new locations to form new pockets of growth, to start new growth somewhere else? And what fertilizing nutrients might be carried to crops in the water? And on a whole different level, the the monsoons can rains can refill aquifers and wells. So what life will will be sustained by the 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 torrential rain? So in the end, wind, rain, and flowing water is an enormous pattern weather pattern. And then we've got a tiny waterfall. So in this simple haiku, it shouts the power of Zoka. And that's why this one's my favorite. Thanks, Janice. So there we have trio of water poems. And I'm just going to ask the chaps if they wanted to say anything about this poem too. Ravi, what about you? Any any thoughts on, on this poem? Two very striking ones. I and mean, then sometimes you miss these in the first reading. The one is, the first one that actually I noticed just now is that the second line acts as a pivot. You can read lines one and two as, you know, the phrase and line three as the fragment or line one as the fragment, lines two and three as the phrase. And it's a beautiful uh, enjambment that happens there. That's the first one. And very quickly, the third one is that the second one is uh, the word waterfall is, is a noun in itself. But if you actually paraphrase rain, you could actually do that as falling water. I yeah. like the word play then. So that yeah. there is a falling water which goes on to become a waterfall. So, so these are the two things I really like about it. Thank you. Such a good example of a haikai poem playing playing with words there. Matt, any thoughts from you? Well, I just like that you think of like the large scale of the monsoon rain. You think that's maybe all you're focused on, the sound of that. And then you're also looking at the, but then you're looking down at the waterfall. And you're appreciating what that adds to that and what that adds to like that transformation of the scene. And like, um, I would say like when you think of the creative, water is like the ultimate creative, like it brings life when you think of water. So I think it's neat that we all came to the water without (laughs) consulting with one another about the water. Yeah, thank you very much, Janice. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Ravi. Um, Janice, you have a poem that you submitted to us and we accepted. So do you think you could read that for us as well? I could. Thank you. And the big question is, is this going to be a water a water haiku? <laughs> well. And the and the answer is yes. And here and here it is. Rain-filled birdbath falling on thin ice, a maple leaf. Rain-filled birdbath falling on thin ice, a maple leaf. Thank you very much, Janice. Uh, I think we, we've probably got a, a whole new theme here, Zoka and water, or maybe two themes, Zoka and water and Zoka without water. That's great. Thank you very much.
Thanks then to Janice and Ravi and Matt. We've heard the nominations. I'm going to switch off the recording now and we're going to debate which of these terrific poems is going to be the judge's choice and which the honourable mentions. And you are all going to find out in the next journal. That's 223, which will be out soon. And don't forget, yes, the mailing list will be important in finding out that it's published. Make sure you're on it. Thank you. Well, since I started recording this, the rain's got much worse and you can probably hear it. It's really chucking it down. And I suspect that there are little bits of icy rain in there. It is, after all, the end of the year. So what did you think? Did you think this was a great bunch of poetry? Email me and let me know. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, a number of people emailed me to let me know what the collective noun for poets is. And it's a choir. I rather like it. A choir of poets. Thank you all for being with me today and having a listen. If you're listening on one of the podcast platforms, do leave us a review. Apparently, it helps other poets find us. Let's make some more poetry friends. Thank you to everyone who submitted. Whether you were chosen or not, you're all stars to me. And thank you to all the editing teams here at P Towers. They work hard, you know, but they wouldn't do it if they didn't enjoy reading your work. So please do submit to next year's topics. The list will be on the website. Check it out, have a think, and send us work during the reading periods. So I'm off for a bit of a break with my family, hopefully getting away from all this rain and snow. If any of you are in Charleston, South Carolina, and you hear a group of Brits chatting, and you think it's me and the family, do come up and say hello. If it's not us, you'll have made some new friends. If it is us, you'll still have made some new friends. I'll see you for the next series. Series 7. Can you believe it? Until then, keep writing. Don't forget to check out the show notes and the submission diary on the website. Ciao.